This is Pulse 95. 95. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. All day, every day. Pulse 95. Heart of Shasha. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Ahlan and welcome to Life Beats. I'm Sally Musa, and today you're about to meet the multi award winning British artist, calligrapher, and designer who has been creating groundbreaking work across multiple disciplines and cultures for almost two decades. He's produced edgy and stunning work for the BBC, the UN, Google, Netflix, YouTube, Sony, the National Portrait Gallery, amongst many others. And he's even responsible for creating a range of new Arabic fonts that propel the ancient language into the 21st century. Will be joining me in just a moment here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, it's Life Beats on Pulse 95. I'm Sally Musa and I'm excited to welcome artist, designer and calligrapher Ruhal Alam. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and yes, of course, I did say multi-award winner. You just nabbed your latest award just yesterday here in the UAE. Congratulations, Mabrook. Thank you so much. This is, of course, at the uh, Global Islamic uh, Economy Summit. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a bit more of, about the award that you received. So, yeah, this one was um, it was specifically for Islamic art or contributions to the Islamic economy. And mm. so a number of different things I do happen to contribute to that world, that industry. Um, including some of the artistic work, the design work, products and so on. You've done so much. It's it's absolutely gorgeous, breathtaking work. I love your work. I've been a fan of yours for years. Um, and uh, you are, of course, British, um, mm -hmm. but also, you know, somebody who's very consciously uh, Muslim as well mm -hmm. um, and l loves to bring Arabic into your designs and loves to bring, um, you know, all kinds of aspects and facets uh, of cultural identity into your design, which is really amazing. And one of the reasons it makes it so dynamic. Um, but take me back, where does your passion for art and design come from? Were you a little kid who used to like scribble, you know, doodle on everything at school? What were you like? That, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I grew up and my parents used to say, oh, you used to scribble on the walls, on the doors <laughs> and everywhere, make stuff out of nothing, you know, cereal boxes and and so on and I think I, I was always doing it at school and I was doing it at home um you know it naturally felt the right way to sort of pursue art and so um you know going all the way through to school and college I always made sure that I was doing something artistic some, some sort of work and even sort of even outside of school I you know or college rather I was trying to get into a studio and work for, for you know for companies um in the design world in, in in the artistic world and so I I suppose it was sort of this crazy passion to just try and try and do stuff all the time mm. you know um you know hands-on 
Did, did people always ask you like to draw things for them and design logos and things? Yeah, that, that was always the case, you know, <laughs> whether it's friends or family, you know, can you do this? Oh, my wall over here, you know, can just just a logo and so on. And yeah, I, I didn't mind doing it. You know, it was always good practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But for you, um, uh, Arabic uh, calligraphy, Arabic lettering um, features really prominently in your work. You're not actually Arab yourself. No, I'm not. So, <laughs> you know, as you know, uh, being of Muslim of a Muslim background, you grew up with elements of Arabic in yeah. your in your life. Um, and being in Britain, you 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 don't have as much, obviously, as you would be in the Middle East. But certainly, that was always part of my life. But later on, I I I really wanted to sort of delve into the tradition of um, you know Muslim design, Arabic and Islamic art, um, and which led me down. A natural route to look at calligraphy because mm. I come from a design typograph typography background, um, and so um, towards the latter time of my days at university, I I found that I could pursue this, but not not sort of um, not not because I was, I was an artist, but also because I could actually try and learn the tradition uh, traditional way of learning the script, and so that's what led me to actually move abroad and try and learn it from real calligraphy masters. As you sought out calligraphy masters, you thought, I want to master sure. this. Was there something in particular that you saw? I don't know. Was it um, uh, some Islamic art or Islamic calligraphy? Or, you know, did you look at kind of historical examples of this and kind of go, that is so beautiful. I wonder how we can bring it back or how we can do this today. Or what was it? Well, that's exactly what. Um, I mean, I looked at, I mean, throughout my life, I've always seen Islamic art. Um, but I was sort of, um, yeah, I was. I wanted to see something that's far more contemporary, something that sort of, met, you know, matched up with my identity as a British Muslim, uh, as a Western Muslim. Um, but traditional calligraphy didn't quite hit the mark for me. I mean, I, I appreciated it, I loved it, and I, and I still do. Um, but I wanted to see something more contemporary, and I thought, well, maybe I could do something more contemporary. And so it, it, it was important that I also learned the traditional scripts first in order to be able to do something new. You have to learn the rules Ab in order to break them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, um, I, you know, so we started off me trying to do my own thing. So if I wanted to decorate my own home or, or have art for myself, I wanted to make sure that it was reflective of my upbringing. You know, uh, maybe it's a more Western-leaning sort of yeah. um, design aesthetic that I preferred. But um, I, I felt that, you know, we need something here in Europe, you know, in the UK. And, and, and that would have really helped us... Um, you know, um, create something unique. Because oftentimes, uh, in fact, always, art is about representation. Uh, and it is one thing to have uh, incredible examples of Islamic art and design from the Arab world, from the Middle East. But actually, there is a huge Muslim population within the West, and they are the West, and they are part of the West. Mm -hmm. They're not separated. You know, we were born into it. We grew up into it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's and I think what your designs do, uh, you do an amazing job of bringing kind of different worlds together, mm -hmm. uh, which um, I think in, in certain spaces, um, it can be difficult to kind of grow up in because you're, you're neither Arab or you're not Muslim enough or you're not Arab enough, yeah. but you're not Western enough. But you've got all of these facets to your personality. Yeah. And then you've come up with design that actually reflects this in the most beautiful, dynamic way. Yeah, so I think that that sort of um, makeup that we have um, of being of multiple worlds, you know, one foot in one world, the other yeah. in the other. So, um, and then sort of using art as a means to sort of converge these cultures, these traditions, these histories, 
you know, uh, is what makes it exciting and interesting. And so my work is influenced by both Western upbringing, but also traditional work, traditional culture and heritage that's influenced from Middle East from and beyond and Asia and everywhere. Mm. Um, and so um, and, and I suppose that helps people appreciate it more connect with it more and and understand the the uniqueness in the work yeah um, and they can relate to it how many years did it take you to kind of to master and develop you know your skills and arabic calligraphy well i think one of calligraphy is one of those things that you'll always continue to you refine always I mean, develop yeah, it takes years to really master it and you're not really mastered it until until your teacher has said that you've you know you're okay to go right um you get and, the ijazah and, and they they you know and sometimes <laughs> they will give it and sometimes you know uh, they'll hold off you know but, you know but what i wanted to ultimately ultimately do is um get to a point where i'm really uh confident with what i'm doing yeah um and then start to do a whole new range of further development more unique development of modern scripts that that are influenced by my upbringing my understanding of what the world is Uh, but universal in yeah. in every way. You know? That's exactly what I want to ask you about next. How do you develop your own fonts? We're going to be uh, asking Rohal Alam, multi-award winning calligrapher, artist and designer next about his amazing work. That's Life Beats on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Keeping it local, all day, every day. Life beats. Life beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse ninety five. I'm joined by Ruhla Alam in the studio today, talking Arabic design and calligraphy. But actually, yes, it is Arabic, but it's also very British too. Um, so we're talking about uh, your particular designs, which are so unique and so. Uh, within their time and place, very much of the 21st century. Um, but you are so inspired by uh, the traditions and the heritage of Arabic art uh, and design, Islamic art and design as well. And you've created your own fonts too. Tell me how you do that. How do you do that? And they're beautiful. They're amazing. They're stunning to look at. They really just, you have to stop. They stop you in your tracks because even if you know and understand Arabic, you just have to look at the incredible forms and you sit there trying to decipher it and, and read it and it's it takes you on a journey. Tell me. No, absolutely. Um, so a lot of the scripts and the fonts have been developed from a, with multiple influences from around the world, whether it's, you know, my British upbringing, upbringing where there's, you know, strong Latin design uh, tradition, uh, both calligraphy and, and fonts and so on. And it's quite apparent in my work that it's clearly a, a Western influence uh design even though it's still arabic yeah and i always try try to still make it legible and readable you know avoiding sort of the obvious abstract and um, that's you know um that are, you know that might be done otherwise um and so my my take is really to try and uh, develop something uniquely homegrown yeah um, and that's that's what i want to see everywhere because calligraphy throughout the history throughout, throughout the world has always been uniquely local to where it's from and by the people that made it. And, and so, people don't realize that. They're like, oh, you know, this is, you know, Arabic font and calligraphy. Uh, the different types of calligraphy, as you say, mm-hmm. are actually placed in, in from lots of different countries. Some of them not even Arab at all. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Some of the, some of the major scripts that we know of today have been developed outside the Arab world. 
you know, and you know, and that that's what makes it so unique and beautiful because everywhere the Muslims were, everywhere the Arabic was used in some way, even till today, you've got a Japanese script, you've got Chinese style script, you know, you've got Spanish and the Lucy scripts, and you know, and I'm I'm trying to do something over in Britain, you know, with a British style of script, um, and I think I can you can even see people trying to do something here in in, in Sharjah and in, in in the UAE, so there's something that can be very homegrown and unique to its own you know, uh, heritage. Yeah. Um, and that would be something amazing to see here. It would be amazing to see here as well. Uh, tell me about your process of, of design. What are you inspired by? How does it work for you? I think um, the, the process is, uh, I, I let it be as organic as possible. Um, you know, my upbringing allows me to sort of be exposed to a lot of artistic traditions and cultures. You know, being born and brought up in London, you're, it's, it's a big mix, you know, of people from around the world. And so you see all sorts of creative influences. Um, and and I, I have a process where sometimes I might be inspired by something. I, I literally just see walking past something, you know, um, or flicking, flicking through a magazine or a book or even online. Um, and it, I, I'm sort of, sort of, you know, motivated so much that I can't wait to get back <laughs> into the studio and start trying new things with that influence and yeah. with that inspiration. Do you instantly um, click away and go, I need this yes, for later? Exactly. As a, men- as a note, yeah, a visual note. Absolutely. If I can't take a photo, I'm, I'm literally trying to just stare at it and make sure I'm, I'm taking it all in. And then as soon as I get a chance, I'm putting it on paper, drawing it, sketching it, whatever it might be. In fact, one of my scripts, I, I did it on the back of a napkin. Which I, one? As cliched, the, the Jude script. Right? Wow, which and, has and become it, one of your most famous yes, ones. Exactly. So it's I, I it was in a back of an envelope and some napkins um a restaurant. I was just scribbling away and I thought this this is what I'm trying to draw. Um and then I then developed that and it became a very popular popular script after that. This is the the script that has been used at the De Young Museum mm-hmm. uh in uh their exhibition all about uh, Islamic fashion, modest fashion, which yeah. is amazing featuring None other than uh, the supermodel, Halima Madden, which we all love. Yeah, that was an amazing project because um, it, it really put the calligraphy and the art center stage, um, you know, as it were. And, and you know, it's, it's become a bit, quite a big hit in San Francisco. Um, and suddenly you've got this amazing exhibition. Um, the calligraphy is plastered around the, the front of the museum, on the walls. You know, people can buy T-shirts and bags and so on. Um, and, you know, they have meaning as well. So the words actually are related to the exhibition, um, but people have taken it, embraced it, um, and it's appreciated by non-Arabs, non-Muslims, non-Arabic speakers who are seeing it as a beautiful script and tradition. So it's breaking down barriers, um, you know, in that context, you know, and really surprising people how beautiful something can be, you know, and it take, you know, changing perceptions, as it were. Not just how beautiful something can be, but that... It is so contemporary. It is so unique, uh, the, the way that you've created these scripts. So you've got words like uh, Jamal, beauty. Uh, you've got Tasmim uh, Azya, which uh, means couture. Yeah. Uh, you've got Moda in there as well, yeah. fashion, Iman, for faith. Uh, it's just, if you don't understand Arabic, I mean, it, it, it is actually easy enough because sometimes you have calligraphy. You can't read it even if you know Arabic. Yeah. But this is easy enough to read, um, you know, for somebody who, who understands even basic Arabic. Um, uh, but it is just stunning as a visual, absolutely, to look at. Yeah, and and it makes I want, an impact. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted people to be able to still access it, you know, and see it. And so, 
I, I everyone who was posting it on social media, they were actually mentioning the name and the meaning because they they got it, you know, and it reflected who they were at the exhibition. It, it changed the way the exhibition was experienced. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a great result, you know, um, um, and it, and it's it's nice to see uh, a tradition being celebrated and interacted with like that, you know. Otherwise, it's in a gallery somewhere stuck on a wall and sort of inaccessible to some degree you know to some people right and here you've just sort of got people posing and mixing the social media world with with the artistic right and and it works and it's bringing it to a whole new audience as well getting (laughs) them excited about art and design absolutely and arabic even um but you know I, i was saying to you that um this really is very british and and i don't think we muslims were often uh, or Arabs were kind of uh, often made to feel like they should be apologetic for being Arab or Muslim in a Western context. Yeah. Um, but you've created something that really is because you were born in Britain. Your your place, your home is there. Uh, and this is where you've developed your art, your design, Central St. Martins, you know, all of that. It It is absolutely 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know... Um, you, you know, you work, you grow up with an identity crisis to some degree, you know, um, and, you know, as you said, some people are apologetic about it. But once you realize that, you know, you're not a stranger to this world, yeah. you know, um, you are part of this community and you're contributing, you've taken from this community, you've got to give back. And the way I give back is artistically. Right. But I know I can do something that can celebrate local and the global, you know, and then I can connect with a global audience, but still call it. British, yeah. still call it, you know, from here, um, and yeah, maybe London's unique in it, in its right, in its own way, but it certainly gave that opportunity to be able to do that and focus on that, and and now I'm confident in celebrating that aspect of it. And you help other people to own it as well, to yeah. own those multiple identities and go, actually, this is me. <laughs> I'm Australian. I'm British, but I have all of these aspects to me as well, and to celebrate it through art and design, which I can't think of a better way of doing it. Talking to Rohal Alam, the multi-award winning artist and designer. And coming up next, we're going to talk about your work here in Sharjah. You were invited by the ruler, His Highness Sheikh Dr. Sultan, uh, to exhibit here. We're going to be talking about that exhibit, the red and black letters. Amazing. That's next on Life Beats on Pulse95. Keeping it local, all day, every day. Life Beats Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. In conversation with multi-award winning artist, calligrapher and designer Ruhal Alam, who is here uh, with us in the studio. You have quite a history here in Sharjah, Ruh. Uh, you actually exhibited here uh, in uh, 2012, 13. You had uh, your exhibition, The Red and Black Letters. Yeah, so um, I was invited as part of um, uh, a big uh, Islamic art show here in uh, in Sharjah. Um, I think Islamic Art Museum. Um, and yeah, and I exhibited several pieces of my work um, at His Highness uh, Sheikh here. And it, it was it was amazing. I mean, he actually took amazing interest in the actual work. So he actually asked about it, uh, the meaning and, 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 and the concept behind it. Um, and so it was, it was just a great pleasure to be here. And Sharjah, I mean, I love Sharjah. It, it really sort of I can really connect with it. You know, there's clearly, clearly an artistic culture here, you know, um, and so it felt very fitting to have an exhibition mm. here. Tell yeah. us a bit more about the artworks that you created, especially for that exhibition. Just a stunning kind of very um, graphic letters on canvas, uh, very uh, controlled 
Uh, minimal colours, red and black and white, I think. Yeah. Um, but also there was something incredibly dynamic about the works. Tell me about it. Yeah, so these these pieces were unique in the sense that I painted them with a palette knife as opposed to with a brush of, or any kind. So literally it was about, instead of typically calligraphy is written with ink and, 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 and a reed pen or whatever, but this time I painted it on canvas um, and it had this influence, uh, you know, that's inspired by Japanese calligraphy to some degree because you love um, japanese calligraphy ab- yeah absolutely uh, japanese japanese culture has amazing uh, calligraphy t- tradition and so um a lot of that has influenced a lot of my work over the years um and so these pieces um had a very you know basic color palette of you know black white and red um and it's all about contrast it's all about you know hand painted hand palette knife you know work on canvas um, so it was quite emotive and there's expressive expression in it. Um, exactly, yeah. So, so it wasn't just letters, but it, it, you know it had uh, real um, depth through the through the meaning of the way that it was painted, as it were. Yeah, it just it, it's almost I don't want to say violent, but it almost is <laughs> at <laughs> yeah, the same was, time. Yeah, it was very expressive in that respect. Yeah. Respect, you know, there's a lot of um, color, there's a lot of splatter. Um, you know, there's dynamism to the way it's painted, as it were. It is, exactly. Yeah. So dynamic, so beautiful. Uh, tell me about meeting His Highness Sheikh Dr. Sultan and, and your impressions of him. Oh, no, absolutely. It was it was lovely. Um, he, he actually came and I happened to be, you know, um, waiting for him. And he, he then, you know, actually looked at every piece individually, you know, and it took interest. He took so, his time. Yeah, it's, you know, it wasn't simply like, you know... A, Come in and go. He actually took that interest, and it clearly showed that he actually appreciated and loved art. Um, and so, um, and he asked about it, and that you know, it, it made a, it made a world of difference to know that you know um, he was taking direct interest in the pieces of work, um, and, um, and and then I could actually explain what they were about. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, that is something that amazes me about His Highness that. Mm-hmm. He he loves art and culture so much, mm-hmm. and particularly Arabic, the Arabic language. Um, he really takes a deep, deep interest. In fact, the entire royal family. Yeah, you would know absolutely. Yeah, I think I think their whole family clearly has artistic blood. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and you can see it in Sharjah. You know, Amazing. you know the, the buildings, the the museums, the galleries. Um, it it's clearly has a, a connection to its heritage, so they know their past. But they also know their future, where they want to want to go. Um, good, yeah. Good morning to Mariam. Mariam Sharif, who says that Japanese art is my favorite too, as well. Um, but it, it something that you actually did as well here in Sharjah. You submitted a proposal for uh, Sharjah as the 2014 Islamic capital. Branding and design, uh, really, really, really beautiful work. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So this was a, a commission where um, Sharjah wanted uh, a, a new logo. Uh, a branding, as mm. it were, for uh, 2014 Capital of Islamic Culture um, that they were uh, nominated for. Um, and, you know, we went through a proposal process where we created this beautiful um, calligraphy intertwined with Sharjah, you know, Ashariqa. And it was it was it was just a, a beautiful piece. You know, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't quite complete the project to be successful as a selection. But, um, you know, they, the Sharjah really, really wanted to somehow use it in some capacity mm. um, but it was an amazing process working with uh, Sharjah here um, and uh, creating something quite beautiful and iconic for them. Definitely and how did you come up with the design what were your thoughts in terms of 
you know, creating that because the, the colors are amazing. Uh, you have like this very deep kind of purple uh, set against oranges and yellows and just something that, you know, was as at the same time as uh, respecting the traditions of Sharjah was very forward thinking. Yeah, I, well, because I had visited Sharjah and, you know, stayed here, you know, um, as a guest. Um, it, I, I knew that I, I was right next to the water. So that's where the blue comes from, right? And you know the land and the sky and all of that somehow, somewhat combined with in the script. So I wanted the script to have all of that color, all mm. of that texture coming through. And so it was a custom script that was drawn uniquely for Sharjah. Wow. Um, and but all of those references were were put in in a in a sort of beautiful, um, you know, uh, colorful and textural way. Um, and and I hope that came through. Um, and um, and but I wanted to sort of weave it through the lettering of where it said Sharjah in Latin, in, in you know, and so on. So I think it was that mix. I wanted to try and capture what I felt was Sharjah when I had visited it. Yeah, absolutely stunning uh, work. I love that so much. Uh, but I want to come back uh, in just a moment, Rohan, and ask you a little bit more uh, about. How, where you think the Arabic language is uh, going. And before we do go to the break, in terms of um, the role of the arts, what can the arts do? Because we talk about Arabic language, it needs to come back, we need to revive it, we need more interest in it. Um, uh, this is a, a big concern, uh, yep. you know, for those of us who are Arab and who love the Arabic language. Do you think the arts can have a, a place in that? Uh, certainly, you know, um See, Arabic calligraphy will always maintain its Arabness, obviously, mm. um, and it must always somehow pertain to making sure that Arabic literature, poetry, whatever it might be, is personified and celebrated and glorified in through calligraphy and this artistic tradition. Um, and and I believe that yes, there needs to be a concerted effort to make sure there's a preservation of. Of Arabic as a language, as an artistic culture and, and, and tradition, and Arabic calligraphy in many ways leads that um, in many you know, uh, in, in 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 the world. But mm. I think um, you know there's room for abstractness and so on. But I think meaning in calligraphy is is paramount. You know, um, and so that ideally it should be readable. People should be able to read it and, and understand it and appreciate it on a higher level. Yeah, and there it should is, be more to it. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, it needs to be homegrown. It needs to be uniquely here. It needs to be uniquely uh, of, of the people. Of the uh, time and of the place. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and calligraphy has always done that. It's always allowed people to express it in their own way. And that's, that's what's so beautiful about it. Yeah. I'm uh, going to come back next and ask you uh, about some of your favourite uh, you've worked on so many different projects for some incredible companies, some of the biggest companies in the world. I want to ask you about some of your favorite projects next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Ruhal Alam is here, uh, just uh, fresh off winning his latest. Uh, award for uh, art and design. Um, it's such a pleasure to have you in the studio uh, with me today uh, and talking through some of your uh, best work. Of course, we talked about the De Young Museum uh, pieces that you created as well uh, for their exhibition, which I love so much with uh, Halima Aden. Did you work with her? I didn't get to work with her. I was in California at the time, but um, you know the shoot was happening elsewhere. 
Um, but it was great. You but know. you were inspired by yeah, and by well, that the, as well. the actual shoot was sort of inspired in part in part by the calligraphy. That is uh, so. You know, it was all yeah. about movement and shape. You know, and pose. So you can see that in some of the work. You know, in the promotion material. Speaking to each other. Uh, yeah. You know, from her uh, aspect of, of uh, the project to yours, I love that so much. Uh, tell me about some of the, your other favorite projects that you've worked on. So many. You've worked uh, with the BBC, with Google, YouTube. You're working uh, on uh, work at the moment. Netflix as well that we can't talk about, <laughs> but it's very exciting. There's yeah. so much uh, that you've done. What's been some of your favorite and maybe some of the more meaningful works that you've created? Yeah, I think th there's quite varied work. And so um, what, what's interesting is a lot of these brands are uh, trying to communicate on a level that they know will be appreciated by a global audience mm. and an audience in the Middle East and beyond. Um, you know, I think um, working for National Portrait Gallery uh, in particular, again, it's, it was in my hometown, London, but they were really pushing, you know, confident in utilizing the calligraphy to really help communicate the, the exhibition that they were holding at the time. Um, and it really sort of resonated with with people of all backgrounds, you know, and it looked so different and fresh. Um, and again, it was, again, unique, uniquely done for them in a completely unique style. Um, and, and I think that's appreciated. Um, and I saw what I enjoy doing most as well as creating something unique. Could, for, for yeah, because you don't just, you know, use um, a, a normal script or, uh, you know, anything that, that already exists. You look at each client specifically mm -hmm. and and design something you know within a, a particular font uh, something that's bespoke absolutely for each project yeah exactly and it, it, it's almost like everyone has a different personality mm. right and everyone does you know everyone has a different profile um and and so uh, when when you can adapt that's that's the beauty of arabic calligraphy you can adapt it so much it's so flexible that i can you know essentially bring the personality through the script to be appropriate for that particular project mm. you know whether it's a person an organization a brand you know or a charity you know uh, or a city even you know um, and so being able to sort of um, mold the script to evolve and adapt in, in its personality is what makes it so exciting and challenging at the same time and it can be something so simple and fun as your Costa coffee cups that oh, yes. you did last Ramadan yeah. that we had here in the UAE, which yeah. were absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much. Yeah. So again, it was it was something that I did for Costa Coffee here. They uh, they wanted the calligraphy um, to be adorned on the actual cups during Ramadan, so yeah. people, people drank it. So I got loads of social media posts and people saying, "Oh, look at this! This is a really cool cup," yeah. you know. And and then they were like discovering my work and and, and so on. So it was again, it was a nice little. Uh, project to work on you know um, and you know it's, it's that celebration of something that's local and global that's what I love about uh, the producing this kind of work and for you now like w when you're thinking about the the future of Arabic design uh, or Arabic in design rather yeah. um, where do you want to take it now what's the next step for you I think I want to take it um, I want you know, um, there's a normalization of Arabic, you know, because we're in a global context, you know, we understand that um, uh, the world is perceived in many different ways, particularly the, this particular region. And and Arabic as a language, as a calligraphic form or a typographic form, uh, when it's appreciated and seen as human, you know, as it were, um, you know, because you see it on flags and, and you know, black flags and whatnot, but you also can see it in the most beautiful you know uh human contexts mm. you know 
Um, and I want to see more of that happening, you know. Um, and, you know, Arabic was always, it was lingua franca in, you know, in, in, in history, you know, and it was, it, was, it was a major language for scientific purposes and academia, you know, and it, and it still is, is one of the most beautiful, the most sophisticated languages of the world. And it should be appreciated on that, on that level. Um, and, and so, we, you know, we should be celebrating, we should be utilizing it. Um, I don't think there's any time we're going to stop with Arabic or Arabic calligraphy. Um, I think that there is a there is a focus for me to you know I built a whole business around producing this work, um, and you know and and it and it's adopted and appreciated by everyone beyond the Arab world. Do you feel like they're asking more and more for it now? Absolutely. I mean, the market is huge. People, um, you know, um, brands, organizations from around the world are engaging with Arabic. I mean, I, I've heard of an of a, of an Arabic calligraphy school in in Japan that they have. You know, um, and and in other parts of China where they're learning it because it's such an important language. I mean, you've got Chinese, that's Cantonese yeah. and Mandarin that are important, but mm. Arabic likewise is also an important language. Um, and and for those who can take the time and can appreciate the artistic traditions and culture, should also really make an endeavor to try and learn it. Um, uh, and that's why we're doing it even in London, in England. You know, where you know um, you, you don't have a huge Arab Arab culture. Or, so, but it, but it, because it's a global language, a global script, you know, um, it, it, it can appeal to a very wide audience. Um, but it makes it more exciting when you see it in a context like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost unexpected. But like you said, yeah. we're hoping to see it become expected. Yeah, exactly. That and it is there and familiar, it is beautiful. Exactly. And, um, and you know, it really moves people. And, and people, you know, were buying, you know, the, the young T-shirts and bags and in droves. It was the souvenir that they could take home. You know, but it, it was adorned by the script that they could associate with something that's beautiful, you know, and 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 that's a good example of how people engage with art, you know, and, and how art breaks down barriers, whether it's music and or visual art or performance of some kind. Um, and so it really takes it out of context. And then one of my projects where I had dancers, um, you know, in, in pose yes. with calligraphic, calligraphic typographic Arabic script. And people don't expect that. They're almost yeah. dancing with the calligraphy. Yeah. It is exactly. stunningly beautiful. So it's, it's that sort of juxtaposition, that, that change of perception that really helps to move beyond what they normally perceive of mm. of the world outside of their own comfort zone. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and it just breaks down barriers right away. If you want to see the amazing artwork, you can uh, head over to the website ruhalalam.com. Uh, R-U-H-A-L-A-L-A-M dot com. Uh, Alam, thank you so much. What an absolute pleasure. I cannot wait to see what you do next. You're involved in some wonderful projects uh, and we can't wait to see uh, your next adventure in Arabic and calligraphy and art and design, breaking down barriers, all of it. Thank you so much thank for today. You. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been brilliant. Uh, coming up next on Life Beats, uh, we've got Mike and Viv. They are back, Mr. and Mrs. Muscle. We're going to be talking about why you should be keeping a food and exercise diary. More coming on Life Beat. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's Pulse 95.